This morning, I'm excited. Today is going to be a very practical, very practical sermon. And uh, that paper is for you to take notes on, right? Because I want you to get this message this morning that the Lord has given me this past week. And so if you need a pen, I've tried to place some pens out in front where your hymnals are. Um, It's a dumpling pen. You can take that with you if you want it. Um, But this is going to be, like I said, this is a very practical sermon on serving. This is our last week that we're speaking on serving as we've been going through the mission of Dumplin' Baptist Church, which is to worship, serve, and disciple, right? And so let me test y'all, what is worship? Love expressed, right? So the definition that we came up with is love expressed. If you love God, you will express it. If you don't love God, you won't express it. Right. And we also said that worship is having an encounter with God. Right. You come into church expecting to meet God. And I don't know about y'all, but I was I was feeling the worship this morning. Right. Thank you, choir, Ray, um, Georgie, for playing the, the, the praise team. I encountered the spirit through song this morning. But worship, we also said, starts before you even come in through these doors. Right. And worship doesn't end when we say amen and we leave. Worship starts when you walk out of the back door. Amen. Y'all with me. Right. And then we said we serve because Jesus serves us. Right. Jesus said to himself, I didn't come here to to be served, but to serve. Right. And we know that he did that through dying on the cross for us. And last week we talked about if you want to be the greatest Christian that you can be, if you want to be the greatest, you have to become a servant of all. Right. And to serve. And so this morning um, we're going to be talking about how do you do that? Right. But how if Donnie, if you're saying that we have to serve daily, how can I serve daily? And I'm glad that you asked because we're going to figure that out here in the next few moments. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us this morning. God, thank you for um, meeting us here, God. Um, We feel your presence. We feel you, God. Lord, I pray that you would continue um, stirring inside of our hearts. Um, Spirit, I pray that you interpret scripture for us, that you speak through me, God. Use me as your microphone. Um, But God, I pray that you challenge us, God. Please do not let us leave this building without being challenged, God. Speak directly to our hearts and guide us, God. We love you. And your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so first thing, the first, I'm going to give you four practical steps into serving now. That is the title of the sermon. It's serve now. Say serve now. Serve. Man, y'all are still sleeping. The sun is shining outside. Y'all don't see it shining? Serve now. Serve. Thank you. So the first step to practically serving God now and serving people now, are you ready, is prepare to serve. Okay, unfortunately, we are all sinful humans. Right. Naturally, serving other people is not a natural thing for us. If you don't believe me, look at a baby. They are the most selfish creatures on this earth. Right, Laurel? Right. Depends on which baby it is. Right. Babies, you don't have to teach a baby how to be selfish. They cry because they want you to pick them up. They pee and poop. You have to clean it for them. Right. You have to feed them. They are selfish, selfish creatures. And unfortunately, I know a lot of adults who are just as selfish as a baby is. Right. Some of y'all are like, oh, yeah, I know a couple of those too. But we are selfish people, and having a selfish mindset with serving other people, that does not mix. Y'all with me this morning? Being selfish and serving does not mix, because if you go into serving somebody else, if you come into church worshiping and serving God with a selfish mindset, your worship and your service is in vain. 
Because it's about you and not about God. Y'all hear that? So you have to prepare. And the first step into preparing yourself to serve is to pray. Go ahead and write down pray. You're going to see a common theme through these steps. Prayer is the biggest theme today, right? Is to pray. Every day you should be getting up and praying Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is perfect and acceptable. Right? Daily, I have to pray Romans 12 too. God, give me a new mindset. As your pastor, I'm always honest with you guys. There's not a week that goes by that I don't tell you how the Lord's convicting me or where I've fallen short. I have to pray constantly for a renewing of my mind because I am so ADHD. I get so distracted. My head gets foggy. I forget things. Lucy gets mad at me. Y'all get mad. I was supposed to call Skip this week, and I completely forgot to call Skip. And so if I don't have a renewing of my mind, God, fix my mind on you. Fix my mind on um, the glory for you and not myself. I get in trouble. Right. And a lot of us, a lot of you are in the same boat as me. I know I'm not the only one in here that struggles with that. Right. Everyone else, you got the perfect mindset. You're good to go. Right. Then you can come up here and preach for me. Right. I have to constantly be praying for God to renew my mind. Um, And we do that not only because um, for us to stay focused, but if your mindset is serving others because they need it rather than because God calls you to love someone. You need a renewing of your mind. We have to constantly be praying, God, give me your mindset when it comes to serving other people. God, give me your vision so that when I see someone who's stuck in homelessness, I don't think, oh, they're a drug addict. They're there because they brought it upon themselves. God, give me a new mind. Let me see that person for how you see them. And let me tell you, God doesn't see homeless people for their mistakes. And God doesn't see us for our mistakes, but he loves us. And so we ask God, God, give me your vision when it comes to seeing other people. God, I need a new mind. I need a new vision, right? You can't serve with the mindset that you are the greatest thing in the whole world other than Jesus Christ. You can't serve God if you have so much hate in your mind against someone who did something against you 10 years ago. You can't serve God with that. If your mind is completely filled with negativity and no hope, You have to pray for a renewing of the mind. Amen? So the first thing in preparing is to pray for a new mindset, to pray for a new vision. The second thing that you pray for as you prepare each day is to pray for an opportunity to serve God's people. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter, let me see where I'm at. Matthew Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to be jumping all over the place this morning, so hang on. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, verse 35, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. Guys, you have been equipped 
by the Holy Spirit. God has designed and created each and every single one of you with different talents and abilities and personalities that are different than mine. Praise God. We don't need a hundred Donnies running around in East Tennessee. Right. We don't need that. Amen. Right. But we do need some Brian's. We do need some Larry's. We do need some Ken Smith's. We do need some Camille's. Right. We need people that God has already gave us our skills and abilities and personalities to reach the harvest where we are right now. Jesus had compassion when he looked around. He saw the people in that community. He had compassion for them because they were lost. They were hurting. They had no hope. They were like sheep being led to slaughter without a shepherd. And Jesus says, hey, go. The harvest is plentiful. Get to work. Right? You got, man, you also look tired. It's like it was raining all night or something. God said, no, it's, it's ready. The field is ready. There's people that are lost and hurting. No hope. And he says, go serve these people. Go serve these people to a people that have no hope. Go give them hope. To a people who are lost, go show them the way. For people who have no shepherd, go disciple somebody. Show them who Jesus Christ is. Galatians 6. Remember, we, we went through Galatians. One of my favorite verses of all of the book of Galatians is and 6 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who have the household of faith. Guys, the harvest is ready to go. We are the workers. We can serve. Pray for an opportunity um, to serve someone. The third thing that you pray for as you prepare to serve is pray for the Holy Spirit to give you power and to give you courage to go and serve someone. Acts 1a says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Right. As a Christian. Right. I need you to hear this Southern Baptist. I need you to hear me. Right. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you if you have ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. That's how we have him dwelling within us is through the Holy Spirit. We've been promised that. So it's okay to talk about the Holy Spirit in a Southern Baptist church. Right. If it's in the Bible, we're going to talk about it. And here's the thing. A lot of Southern Baptist people have forgotten or maybe have just put aside the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And if we are promised that power, why aren't we using it? Why aren't we praying? Spirit, fill me up. Spirit, give me the courage to go talk to someone. But rather than that, I hear, well, pastor, you know, I'm just really shy. I don't like to do that. Well, when's the last time you asked the Spirit to give you power? When's the last time you asked the Spirit? I, I don't know about y'all, but I pray for the Spirit to break loose in you. I pray for it. Right? And I don't know, since we've been here, I've felt the Spirit multiple times on Sunday mornings coming in here. And I know that other people are praying the same thing as I'm praying. But what would it look like if this church, the people in here that are believers, I don't know where all of you stand with the Lord. But if the believers in here, what if we prayed daily for the Spirit to fill us up and descend us into the harvest? What would that look like in this community? It would be life changing. Right? Doesn't, isn't that what the Spirit does when it enters someone? It, it changes their life. What if believers actually tapped into that power? Wouldn't it change some things? You better believe it. 
To prepare for serving daily, you have to pray, right? And one more step into preparing, you have to be in God's word daily. Okay, so you pray for, um, you pray for uh, those things and then you have to get into God's word daily. Okay, you have to fall in love with God's word. Uh, this shouldn't be just a checklist. Okay, I read a little bit today or, oh yeah, we gathered and we read a scripture. Guys, this is something that you have to fall in love with. And if you're not in love with the God's word, pray daily that he would allow you to fall in love with this. Right. If I was been here, if I had been this pastor for 25 years, right, 25 years down the line. And I hope that God that we're still here. Right. But we let's say hypothetically, 25 years from now, we had built this church up. We got 20 buildings. I don't know. Whatever you think is successful for churches. Right. Um, I think I have a different mindset of what successful church is. But you vision successful church down the line 25 years from now. Right. And if I was to leave after that 25 year mark and I left and you guys did not have a deeper love for God's word than before I got here, I failed as a pastor. Right. I care less about buildings or programs. I care more about you falling in love with Jesus and falling in love with his word. Some of you are like, Donnie, I'm not going to be here for another five years. Right. Well, you better get to reading. (laughs) Right. While you're here, get to praying and ask God to help you fall in love with his word. It brings us life. It brings us wisdom. Right? Jesus is the word. Am I right? Jesus himself is the word of God. It brings us wisdom. Proverbs 16 and 16 says, how much better is it to get wisdom than to get gold? Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And guys, this guides us. This is our guide through the spirit and his power, through God's words. We will be okay. Like Lucy said, it's it's simple. Love God, love people, read his word, do what it says. Right? But not only for that, not only does it help you, but it helps you serve other people. Turn to Romans chapter 10 with me real quick. Romans chapter 10. I want to show you how, it, how important it is for believers to get into God's word. Because not only is it for you and for your life, but you will use it to serve other people. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14, says this. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. We know that we have been sent. Right? This isn't talking about preachers. This is talking about believers. We know we have been sent. Jesus already said, look at the harvest. It's ready. Go get it. But the thing that we have to realize is how are people who are lost without a shepherd, who are with no hope, who are who, whose the houses have literally burned down, who are dealing with death in their families, who are sickness and, and all these things. How are they supposed to know that the hope of Jesus is good and real without somebody telling it to them? And how are you going to tell it to them if you don't know it yourself? I want to challenge you. I know it's hard. Right. I know it's hard. I drink a lot of Red Bull and I'm already naturally ADHD. It's hard to sit down. I know it. Right? If anyone in here knows it's hard to daily be in the Word, it's your pastor. I don't know if you ever heard a pastor tell you that, but it's hard for me sometimes to sit down and read. But it brings us life and wisdom and guidance 
And in turn, you can use it to help somebody else who is lost without Jesus, lost without hope. To prepare yourself to serve, you need to be in prayer, praying for the Spirit to give you power, praying for an opportunity, praying for a right mindset, but you need to get into God's Word daily. Amen? Amen. Okay. Step two. Right? Step two into serving right now. First step, prepare yourself. Second step, start serving where you are. Okay, start serving where you are. I know a lot of Christians from college that um, I was able to disciple who said, man, I can't wait until God puts me somewhere. I'm going to be on the mission field. I'm going to serve. And you know, I'm like, cool. Well, how many people do you talk to about Jesus right here on campus? Oh, man, uh, you know, I, I can't do that. Why? Because God's, God's preparing me for the mission field. <laughs> wait a minute. This is the mission field. Right. God has specifically put you where you are for a specific reason. It might be that you're here for the rest of your life. It might be here that you might be here for a few months. But God has placed you where you are for a reason. Serve where you are. Y'all hear me? Serve where you are. You start by serving your core group. Go ahead and write that down. Your core group. Your core group is your family, right? Um, or your, your really, really close best friend, right? Sometimes best friends are closer than family. I understand that. But you start with your core Okay? I understand that your family is the hardest people to reach for Jesus. Raise your hand if you've experienced that, trying to reach someone for Jesus in your family. Man, that's tough, right? I love my family to death. They're all West Coast, redneck, and gangster. Okay, they're both. So I promise you it's hard to witness to your family sometimes, right? Some of y'all don't even, never even heard someone say gangster in real life before, right? <laughs> that's my family, okay? Right? I know it's hard to reach your family mainly because they will, they're the ones that know you the best. Right? They, they know how you act. They know the things that you've done. They know your past. Right? They, they'll probably judge you and make fun of you when you try to tell them to do something. But if you were born into your family, whether you like it or not, right? if you were born into your family, do you think that maybe God had you born into that family so that you can witness to your family? I believe so. Right? Um, I know a lot of you don't know, or maybe y'all weren't there at the evangelism rally. I shared a testimony. I never knew my real father, even though he lived about 20, 20 minutes from me, right? Grew up my whole life not knowing who my father was. Um, but I had a stepdad who, who literally was my father, right? I had a grandparents who, who raised me, um, so I was okay, right? I had a lot, of, a lot of things going on from it, but I was okay. Um, but it wasn't until about four weeks ago when I was um, driving to Atlanta to get my truck. Y'all remember that? I had to go down to Atlanta. Lucy had to drive me. I had to get my truck. Long story. But anyways, I get a message from a brother I never spoke to and never knew. He was really real. Saying, hey, your father has two months to live. You should probably call him. Right? And, uh, and so for the first time, 25 years in my life, um, never spoken to my father. I called him. And the first words I hear from him is over the phone. You want to talk about hard time witnessing to your family, right? I was asking him questions that every boy should know from their father. Father, hey, what do you wear every day? He says, I wear a flannel shirt and khakis. I said, that's what I wear every day, right? I said, what music do you listen to? What, what do you like to eat? What, do you, what car do you like? And just asking questions that I, I never knew. But he interrupts me and said, Donnie, I want to tell you um, and ask you if you will forgive me for not being in your life. And uh, I forgave my father, right? And I, and I asked him to forgive me because I could have called him at the same time. So I know how hard it is to witness to your family. But after he said that, I said, well, hey, I need to ask you. His name is Leonard, right? 
Then I need to ask you if you, you know, it's not looking good for you. The doctor gave you a few months. Do you believe in God? He said, I believe there is a God. I said, well, do you believe that, you know, that you're a sinner? He says, oh, I know I am. I said, well, have you ever asked God to forgive you? And he said, I'm scared. And I was able to share the gospel with my father. And we prayed and he received Christ right there over the phone. The first conversation that I ever had. That's glory. That's glory to God. That's not glory to me. Right. That's not glory to me. That's glory to God. But I understand how hard it is to witness to your family. I understand. But you are going to be held accountable for the things you said or didn't say. And I'd much rather go up to Jesus with the least amount of sin as possible and say, hey, I tried to witness to my crazy cousin, but she's crazy. Right? And God said, hey, I know you did. Come on. You're okay. Right? I know your cousin's crazy, right? Guys, witness to your core. Some of you are, are grandparents and great-grandparents. How, is anyone a great-great-grandparent? Is it? Okay, go ahead, Jack and Sonny. Go ahead, great-great. That's two greats, right? Um, but some of you are grandparents, some of you are parents, and all of us are children, right? And so grandparents and parents, I want to read out of Deuteronomy 11. It says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your head, and they should be as frontlets between your eyes. Listen to this. You shall teach them to your children, taking of them when, or talking of them when you're sitting in your house, and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Pretty much to keep that short and simple, your children and your grandchildren are watching you. If they see their great-grandfather or great-grandmother or parents drive by a homeless person without blinking their eye, they're going to grow up and do the same thing. If they see you never praying, never getting in the Word, what does that tell the kids? It's not that important, right? If they see you coming to, or not coming to church, they think it's okay. Hey, I don't need to go to church. But if they see you pulling over and trying to serve someone who's a homeless on the sidewalk, if they see you actually putting your hands on one of your friends and praying for them when they say, hey, pray for this. If they see you getting into the word and getting on your knees and praying and see you singing and worshiping and, and volunteering in the church, they're probably going to do the same thing. Your kids are watching. Your grandkids are watching. I am a product of my grandparents getting into the word and praying every single day. I am living fruit of faithful grandparents. That's why I love old people. I love y'all to death. You're my, y'all my people, right? I was, raised, I was raised by my grandparents. I love you. We're watching. The kids are watching. You start with your core. You start with your family. Children, you also can serve your family, right? There's a few of you with your phones out. You should probably put those away, right? Because you can learn something. You can also serve your family, Right? He opened his Bible. He's ready to go. Start by serving your core, serving your family. Then after your core, you move out to your neighbors and your friends. Okay? Uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You all know this, the great commandment, right? That we love God with everything, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Right? And then we love our who? As. And I know a lot of, I said this before, a lot of y'all love yourselves a lot. And I hope I'm your neighbor someday, right? So you can serve me as much as you serve yourself, right? But we start with our core, then we move to our neighbors. Guys, it's literally so easy to serve your neighbors, right? Go knock on somebody's door and ask them how they're doing. It's that easy. Hey, how you doing? I know you, I'm probably mad at you because you broke my fence two years ago. But hey, how are you? 
right? It's that easy. Just go knock on somebody's door, ask them how they're doing. Hey, I made a bunch of dinner. We can't eat it all. Why don't you and your family come over for dinner? People invite people for dinner, right? That's the easy way for you to serve somebody, to love on somebody. Take them a church flyer. Go literally pray for them at their front door. What would that look like instead of hearing, uh, hold on. I would love to see the day when I'm at church and I hear somebody say, will you please pray for this, right? This is a challenge for me. Will you please pray for this? I would love to see the day where I have to move my way through four or five people who say, oh, I'm praying for you right now. And we'll stop and pray for somebody right then and right there. Instead of saying, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, brother. And then it goes out the window four seconds later. I would love to see that. When somebody says, pray for me, and somebody stops and says, let's do it right now. Serve your neighbor. Pray for them. If you haven't realized, you, you should have prayer written about 17 times already on your paper. Pray for your neighbors. Then you can move out after you after you served and you loved on your neighbors and your friends and you invited them over for dinner. You're going and help them with their yard work or whatever they need done. Then you move out into your outer core. Right? This is those random people that you run into on the street. Right? Your barber, right? Your banker, the, your waiter, right? I want to shout out Sonny real quick. Sonny works down at the um, gas station. He helps John um, um, cleaning the church. But Sonny is at that gas station every single day he's working, inviting people to Dumplin' Baptist Church right down the road. And believe it or not, it's working. People are coming because Sonny doesn't care. He's not embarrassed. He's not ashamed. He's saying, come to this church. Anybody and everyone that walks to that gas station, I'm, I'm sure they're sick of them already. Right? But I'm not. Keep it going, brother. I'm praying for you. Right? I would love to see some dumpling people go and join him in his mission. How great would that be? But you can serve those people. For example, Lucy and I were trying to get into this habit. We're trying to break a habit of going out to eat, first of all. But we're trying to get, if we're going to go out to eat, we want to make it a mission. And so we're trying to figure out ways that we can pray for our waiter or our waitress as they come to us. And um, she won a $50, like, uh, gift card to go to dinner and they're going to reimburse her yeah right so we went out to fancy outback and i got a lobster right we're going to get the money back i'm like i'm getting lobster tonight right so lucy allowed me to get some lobster but the guy that came to take our order he didn't have a book he didn't write it down um he's kind of older and he just did it from memory and i was like no way he's going to remember that and he came back and he man he it was spot on it was perfect i see people write it down and get it wrong right y'all know that and I, we asked him, man, how did you remember that? And he said, well, hey, I wanna, I'll be honest with you guys. I have Parkinson's. And uh, my, my left side is dying, and my, my mind was kind of slipping. And so my doctor said, I need to get a job where my mind's being worked out. And so he said, so I came here, and I'm, you know, I, gotta carry, I can do this with my arm. So I put the food there, and um, I'm not taking notes. So I want my brain to get sharp, so I'm just remembering. And sometimes I forget, and I just come back and say, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, but, you know, this is what's going on with me. And, and he walked away, and we're like, man, that is amazing. I can't remember what I had for dinner or for breakfast that morning, right? And so one of the things, we're like, hey, how, how can we pray for this guy, right? And so on our receipt, Lucy just wrote, hey, we're praying for you. Thank you for sharing what you're going through. And Lucy wrote down some scripture, and I'm hoping that he got that and was encouraged by it. It's that simple to serve people. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be this big, drawn-out thing. Just, hey, we're praying for you. And we literally, we sat there and we prayed for him. Right? It's simple. You serve your family, you serve your neighbors, you serve those random people out in the community. Um, and 
and then you go. So step three, okay? We're, we're prepared, we're praying daily, we're reading daily, we're starting where we are, we're starting with our family, our friends, and then the third place, you also serve your community. Say community. Community, community right? Acts 1a, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Y'all know that scripture, right? And you probably have heard it said, okay, you know, this is your Jerusalem, East Tennessee, and then Tennessee is Samaria, right? But do you realize that we, to them, were the ends of the earth? Y'all realize that? That if they did not follow the scripture, the disciples, when Jesus told them, you're going to be my witnesses, you're going to go share the gospel from your community, then spread out, and then further to the ends of the earth. If they did not do that, we would not know the word of God. We are the ends of the earth to those disciples. And so it only makes sense for us to do this with it, right? To kind of flip it. So now we reach our community first, right? We say, hey, okay, I'm going to get into the community. Your Jerusalem is this county or whatever county county you're in. Serve your community. And there's so many ways to get out and serve you. The first one I want you to, to, to take down um, is to, to join a mission that's already established here. There's so many ministries here in this county. Um, Habitat for Humanity, Appalachian Outreach, right? The Samaritan, uh, the, the Samaritan group in, in um, Jefferson. There's so many in Sevierville. You can go everywhere. There's a mission already established, already doing good works in this community. Go join them. How many of y'all were with us when we went to Habitat for Humanity? I think some of y'all are sick, right? You weren't there. Huh? You weren't there. Right? We got to go and we talked to them and asked them, hey, what is, what is the biggest need that you have? And they said, we don't have any volunteers anymore. She says, all of a sudden, this year, 2017, 2018, she said, all of our volunteers are gone. So it's about six people doing all the work, building houses, having a store um, to raise money to build more houses, right? Other projects. It's about six people doing all the work. And we took about 12 of us, and I swear they were about to start crying when we walked in. Because that's how happy they were that people were coming to help them serve. And it's easy. I said, if you can move your hands, you can serve them. You can sit down in a chair, move some clothes over to a bin. That helps them tremendously. So serve your community. Find a ministry that's already in place. Another way you can serve your community is being a part of Mission Serve. When we go do those things, Right? The mission served for Dumplin' Baptist Church is we're trying to find ways that we can serve the people here that are in need of it, right? For example, at the end of this month, the last Saturday of the month, at 9 o'clock, we're going to go help the Cape Farm. Ken needs some help, we're going to go help him, right? If you see people in this community that need help, they need a new ramp to be built on their their, um, patio, we can go do that, right? Come tell me, we'll set it up. Are you all with me this morning? Have I lost anybody? Y'all are kind of looking at me like I'm speaking Spanish or something, right? Serve your community. If you see a need, if you're driving around and you see someone whose yard is up to here in grass, go get a lawnmower and mow it. I'll come help you. Give me a call. Serve your community. The biggest way that you can serve here, y'all want to know? You shouldn't be surprised with what I'm about to say. What's the biggest way you can serve your community? Yeah, tell the gospel. I'm looking for one word. Pray. pray. If you haven't noticed, each of these steps has prayer in it. I want to challenge you this week to get into your car, maybe you and your family are by yourself. Drive around 
just real slow, right? And pray for the things that you see in this community. There's a lot of poverty here. There's, a, there's two houses that have been burned down in the past couple days. There's a lot of hurt and a lot of prayer that needs to be prayed over in this community. Get in your car sometime this week and just go drive and look. Ask God to give you a new vision to see what he sees and just pray for your community. Amen? Amen. 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 The last step uh, to serving now is to serve your church, right? What is the biggest way you can serve this church? Pray for this church, right? Man, I'm glad someone's with me. Thank you, buddy. Pray for this church. We have prayer times. Ken Kate has been faithful at 9.05 every Sunday morning that he's here. He's in that room waiting for y'all to come pray with him over this church. Charlie's in there. Uh, multiple men, junior, uh, we're in there. We're praying. I missed a couple times, but I'm, I'm in there with you, Ken. Right? I'm in this back room praying. But you have a time for you to come early. How, how hard is it to get up 20 minutes early, show up at 9.05, and pray before Sunday school? Right? This service would look so different if y'all came and prayed before church started. Right? And on Sunday nights, I don't know if you've realized this, but every Sunday night since we've been here in September, we have focused on prayer. And I think that's why we're seeing fruit in the church. We've had multiple salvations and baptisms. I think it's because we're praying for it. Right? Does that make a difference, you think, praying for something like that? Yeah, I think God's going to honor that prayer. (laughs) God, we want more salvations. We want more baptisms. God's going to honor that. But we also have to put in the work. We have to pray. We have to get out into the community. We have to serve. So pray. Come, come pray on Sunday morning. Come pray on Sunday night. Pray for your church as you drive by. When you think about it, just pray for Dumplin'. Another way that you can serve is come in, talk to each other. Stay after, talk to each other. Share what's going on with your life. Share what you've learned um, in, the, in the Sunday school or in the sermon. Share with each other. Pray over one another. Like I said, the greatest thing I would ever see as a pastor is a group of people laying hands on someone, praying for them right after church. I would love that. God would love that. Come early. Shake hands. Greet each other. Right? Go pick some kids up. Bring them to church. Take some kids and youth out to lunch after church. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them about life. Be active. Give financially. Step up to lead. Use your skills to serve your church. Y'all with me? Serve your church. If you want to be a great Christian, Jesus told us that we have to be a servant of all. Because Jesus himself didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and be a ransom for many. Guys, we have to serve. If you can't walk or swing a hammer, or you could probably call somebody and pray with them. You can call someone to share scripture with them. Right? You can babysit for a couple who, who needs a date night. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that includes puppy sitting. <laughs> serve your people. Step one was prepare to serve. You pray, um, ask for a new mindset, ask for a new vision. You get into God's word. Um, You start where you are, serve your family, serve your friends, serve your neighbors, serve those random people that you run into, right? Then you serve your community, join a mission that's already been established, come be a part of Dumplin' Baptist uh, Mission Serve, and then you serve your church. This is a daily thing. And at the bottom of your card, go ahead and look at it. 
right in the very bottom. This is our challenge. I'm going to have um, Georgie, we come up and play. And Ray, we're gonna, this is our invitation for the day. This is our invitation. Hold up your card for me real quick. I just want to see who took notes or who didn't take notes. All right, you can put them down. Right on the bottom, it says, pray and ask God to give you three specific people that you can serve this week. I challenged last Sunday night, we had this as our challenge to serve three people. During this time of, of, of our altar time, right, our, our time of response, I want you to spend time praying for this. God, I, I, just give me three people I can serve this week. And be silent for a little bit. And let God speak to you. And when God gives you those three people, write them down. And then pray, say, God, I'm going to serve your people. Thank you for speaking to me. I'm going to serve your people. And if half of us in this room did that this week, oh man. This community would look different. Right? If, If believers in America did what we were supposed to do, America would look different. So let me pray, and then we're going to spend time 